Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. Yeah, I mean, I think the healthy masculine, and let's use the word masculine and feminine because we're all souls incarnated into either a female or male body, but actually we have masculine and feminine energies. And a lot of the problems in people's lives is because one of those energies is much bigger than the other energy. And this is particularly the case if the bigger energy is not your gender self. So women with a lot of masculine energy are going to struggle in relationship because She's, you know, there's going to be part of you that wants to surrender and part of you that wants a man, but then you're not going to magnetize someone in their masculine because masculine energy doesn't want to be with masculine energy. Masculine energy wants to be with feminine energy, yeah? And then, of course, if a man is over the top in feminine energy, that, that can be quite repulsive, you know? It's, it's like that that needy kind of fearful energy in a male body or that dominating bullying energy in a female body. It's it's pretty strong. So unhealthy masculine, a healthy masculine challenges, you know, through asking questions. Unhealthy masculine energy provokes and needs to be right and, you know, has a lot of opinions about everything. And, mm-hmm, yeah, provocative. And, and, likes to kind of speak over the top of and prove his point a lot, yeah? It's like the unhealthy masculine is that proverbial kind of corporate jerk that's climbing the ladder of success and doesn't care who he trods on on the way up or, you know, that kind of overly spiritualized masculine energy that bypasses everything and rather than being non-attached, he's actually a narcissistic, disconnected fuckwit. So there's not a lot of role models for healthy masculine energy, really. There's different levels of masculine energy and there's different levels of feminine energy, which we're going to go into shortly. So what's unhealthy feminine? Un- if unhealthy masculine is the bullying tyrant, the agenda-based corporate jerk or the spiritual bypasser, What's the unhealthy feminine? Control freak, for sure. Unhealthy masculine can also be control freak. Manipulative. Victim, that's the biggest one. Caretaker. People pleaser. Passive aggressive. Neurotic. Right, so, and then the healthy feminine is radiant and magnetic and in flow, intuitive, visionary, very powerful can kind of do some magic and call on different energies that she needs into her being. She's sensual, she's receptive, she's surrendered. Who's some healthy feminine that we have to look up to in this world? Or fiance, she's got it going on? You can tell if someone's in their healthy feminine because they're coming more from their heart and their body than they are from mind. So what would it be like to have more healthy feminine and healthy masculine role modeling. And what's, what's ironic is that 
a lot of the time, if a woman doesn't have healthy masculine, that is actually what means that she goes into unhealthy feminine. And often a love addict is a woman who, or a man, but more often a woman, but it's like this over-polarized feminine energy. And anytime masculine or feminine energy is overdone, it goes into love addict or love avoider. And there's, there's a few ways that can happen. So someone with a very strong masculine can also go into love addict because he's running masculine so much, like especially at work and in his hobbies and the things that he chooses to do, that by the time he gets to relationship, his masculine's exhausted and then he polarizes into his feminine. And she's not very mature because she's not around much, so she's quite insecure or needy. And, and then same with women. If, if, if you're a woman and you're spending, and I, I used to be like this, it was like I would spend so much time in my masculine energy, pretty much from the early hours in the morning till about 7 o'clock at night, and then when I'd finally see my partner at the time, I would just be like, just totally wanting to surrender and be in my feminine and would polarise so much into it that I became needy and could never hold space for him. So, and then with the love avoider, it's like someone who is very polarised in their masculine and has too much masculine energy can go into their avoider. Or again, someone who has over-the-top feminine energy can go into their avoider because they're feeling so much and they've got so much feminine energy that when it comes to relating, they've got shame around who they are and think they can't bring that to someone. So then they avoid. Does that make sense? So to come into secure attachment, coming back to last week and tying it in with this week, we really need to have a balance of masculine and feminine energies. And that doesn't mean that you're having that balance when you relate to your partner. It's like I always say 50-50 in here, 70-30 out here. And what I mean by that is have, have a very even balance of energy that can act on visions, that can hold presence for the emotional body, that can be still and that can be, and that can be in the experience in your own life and your relationship to yourself and, and in the way that you connect to yourself. But then when it comes to relating to the opposite sex, if you want to keep polarity alive and sexual chemistry, whoever's in the male body needs to be holding more masculine energy, usually, and whoever's in the female body needs to be holding more feminine energy or there's no polarity. So anyone who gets friend-zoned, it's because you're too much in your contrasexual energy. Contrasexual energy is opposite gender. There is an exception. About 20% of people, according to studies, have a sexual essence that's opposite to their gender. So just say Georgia had a masculine sexual essence and she was with Antosh who had a feminine sexual essence. Then that would work, but that's very, very rare right? And you, I guess you know, like Georgia would know she had a masculine sexual essence if she was very 
she enjoyed being in her penetrative energy more than her surrendered energy. Not from a place of fear of surrendering, but from being able to surrender, being able to penetrate and preferring that penetrative pole. And most women, like I think in out of the hundreds of women I've seen, maybe one or two actually had a masculine sexual essence that was genuine, but probably about 80% of them were running masculine sexual essence until a few sessions with me where they could really learn that actually that's, that, that, that chasing that penetrative energy, that dominating energy is not where she wanted to be. Most women, you know, that's why we have yonis. Yoni is the Sanskrit term for vagina. It's open and it's receiving because our energy is to receive. And if you look at a woman's body, it's all curvy, you know, and, and much more fluid than a man's. So, so it's the watery element. It's the surrendered element. And then a man's body is usually much stronger and more linear. And it's the penetrative pole. And his lingam, which is the Sanskrit word for cock, is like literally this long, hard thing, right? So it's, it's penetrative. So our bodies tell us what our polarity is. But unfortunately, there's a lot of women running around going, poof, 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 wondering why their men aren't turned on by them. And there's a lot of men who are collapsing and, like, and becoming needy or in their more watery element and wondering why women, their women don't want to have sex with them, right? So... You want to have that internal balance, but when you're in relationship, you really want to keep the polarity alive. If you actually drop into your heart, the heart is very succinct. It's very honest, succinct, and authentic. The best meditation any of you can do to come into balance of masculine and feminine energies is to focus all your attention on your heart. When you're talking, when you're doing the dishes, when you're driving, start to, it's, it's called samyana. And what, because what it requires is it requires enough stillness and presence and awareness of the masculine to actually know when the focus is here and bring it back to here. And then it really opens the feminine because as soon as you go to the heart, the feminine opens. So where, in a, what do you think is indicative of a relationship where there's strong polarity? What, what are some of the things you notice in that couple? Passion, but what I want is more what's, what's the energy of the masculine and what's the energy of the feminine in a couple that have strong polarity. Beautiful. Certainty in the masculine, surrender in the feminine. There's, there's this space where I think that both are giving and receiving but in different ways. So the masculine is giving from, in a way of like he's giving safety, he's giving energy from a penetrative place. And the feminine is offering her radiance, yeah, and her surrender and her nurturing. Yeah, the masculine in that relationship will have a stronger drive towards freedom and the, fem and the feminine in that relationship will have a strong drive towards connection and love. Right, if you ever see a couple where the man is talking more than the woman, the polarity is going to be fucked. If not in the beginning, definitely down the track. It's like the feminine is the experiencer, the expressor, the masculine is the listener, yeah, and the stillness. And it doesn't mean all the time. It's like 70% of the time. 70% of the time you want the man to be more in his certainty, his stillness, his listening, his penetrative power, his ravisher, 
right? And 70% of the time you want the woman to be in her surrender, her flow, her expression and her experience, right? And then 30% of the time, yeah, it's beautiful for a man to express in his feminine and have a turn to be the expressive one and have a turn to surrender and share his emotional body and for the woman to hold that. But if, it, if it's too much like that, polarity goes. That, that's why a lot of women, you know, they're, they're wanting this strong masculine and they're wanting that certainty and that safety, but because they're bringing so much masculine themselves, they're not leaving enough spaciousness in the relationship and vice versa. You know, men want women to be in their feminine and to trust them, but then they're not, they're not going into nothingness enough for her to really, to create the safety for her to really blossom. So the healthy masculine knows death which means that the healthy masculine is not getting distracted with all the stories and, you know, getting too involved in the emotional body. He can w witness it. And from nothingness comes life. It's like the feminine is life and the masculine is death. So commit to the process. It's like if you really want to transform, it's good to have the, the live transmission. It's good to have the written material. And you have to do your daily practice because it's that daily practice that's going to bring in your masculine and feminine because your masculine is there witnessing without judgment and creating safety for your own feminine to feel whatever is moving. You know, you're coming into gratitude. You're focusing on what you want to bring in for the day. And if you can't hold space for your own feminine, if you can't listen to her, if you can't be still with her, you will not be able to do that with the outer woman. 100% guaranteed. If you want a man to hold presence for you, then hold presence for yourself. If you want a woman to trust you, then let your own feminine trust yourself. This dynamic is going to be reflected outside of you. So if you don't know how to spend time with yourself, if you're not bringing your own listener and experiencer together, if you're not bringing your own lovers together and, and uh, giving yourself some loving touch, if you're not here taking action and listening to the visions, then, you know, in the last week, which is the pinnacle of the course, I'm going to teach you how to really get these two communicating because just like any relationship, an outer relationship, and there's a little bit about it in this chapter. You can start it if you feel confident. But I feel like the first step, you just really need to get to know and start to understand masculine and feminine energies, right? But if you feel com comfortable, start just to see what's going on between your own masculine and feminine, yeah? But to develop that relationship, self-practice. And then the men, if there are men here who become very needy in relationship, and who have a strong fear of rejection and abandonment, then that morning practice is what's going to save you because she's going to start feeling held by your own masculine. Because if she's just relying on the outer relationship to hold her, then she's going to be shit scared of letting of that going because it's the only time that she's even allowed to come online. You'll know how old your masculine is by there's two different types of masculine I'm going to map out, but when I get to more conscious masculine, how much action he takes and how well he can use structure and 
his time to make things happen. But then there's the other masculine, the divine masculine, and you'll know how grown up he is by how much time you spend listening and how much time you spend talking. How much time you spend in silence, how much time you spend in the mind, like trying to get something, yeah? And then same with the feminine, so the map will make it easier. So conscious masculine and conscious feminine, I'm referring more to the energy that you bring out into the world. It's the energy that actually, it's, it's more obvious, it's more in the personality, right? Whereas the divine masculine and divine feminine is more in the soul realm. So, for instance, conscious masculine is the part of the masculine that takes action, right? The part of the masculine that has certainty, that's a leader, that gives direction, that's assertive, that's penetrative, right? Then divine masculine is more transpersonal. It's more the soul realm. So the divine masculine is the listener, the one who knows death, the meditator, stillness, non-attachment. So knowing death means that you're facing the part of you that challenging the part of you that thinks that this is it, right? So you know that you're eternal spirit, that you're not your mind and you're not, you're not your body. Like if you ever get into really transcendental meditative states, or if you, some, some people get into these states with drugs or with plant medicine where you can actually see the play of life and you know that you are fucking nothing, you know. It's like you're this speck in a spinning galaxy. You're, you're meaningless, really. They're awake in the dream. They, it's like, you know, when you, okay, the perfect way to describe the divine masculine, I feel, is what Carl Jung talks about. And he says that when you go to sleep, right, and you are dreaming, then who's, I actually I'll ask you. So when you go to sleep and you're dreaming, and just say you're dreaming and you're a 14-year-old girl and you're playing in the ocean, right? Who, whose consciousness is kind of holding that dream when you go to sleep? Who's making that dream possible? Us, right? But when we wake up, it's like we know that in dreams we can be 14, we can be, you know, having sex with Antonio Banderas and it's not really happening. But our consciousness is holding that. And then we wake up and we go, oh, okay, we're awake from the dream now. Now we're, now we're in reality. But actually we're still dreaming. So the person who's awake when they wake up from their dream, know that they're still dreaming, but also know that there's a different consciousness guiding this dream. Whose consciousness is that? Yeah, universal, God, grand organized design, something much bigger than us. So the divine masculine doesn't get caught up in the story, doesn't get focused on he said, she said, fucking bullshit. You know, it's like there's always this bigger picture happening, right? But if you have a man who's all this and doesn't have this, 
He's off with the freaking fairies, man, and has no compassion for the human realms because he's just seeing everything from this bigger space and doesn't even know why you would be getting emotional about anything because he's not connected to his emotional body. And that's why all the quadrants are important. Conscious masculine is the ravisher. And sexuality is a big part of the masculine because this is a man's positive pole, right? So this is where his power is. And that's why it's so sad that most cancer is in this area for men because it's their power. And there's so much shame around sexuality for men because they've been so demonized for it. So part of the way to get really healthy, conscious masculine is to start feeling your sexual energy and that actually fuels action. Who, who in here is really good at taking action and also has a high libido? Right, the two kind of go hand in hand because sexual energy fuses a lot of that penetrative power that moves forward, yeah? And, and that act, is actually motivated to act. All of this is in men and women. So if women have strong conscious masculine, then they're going to want to act a lot. And the challenge there for women with strong conscious masculine is to then, when they're relating to their partner, to breathe and go into their more receptive pole and to come into their hearts. Otherwise, you've got two men wanting to fuck each other and polarity goes, yeah? If, if both of them have a lot of conscious masculine. Or the man ends up going into his feminine and then the, because the woman's actual sexual essence is feminine, she's not attracted to him anymore and it's just a big head fuck. And, and unless, unless a man has really knows death and has faced his fear of death, he's, ne he's never going to have that. You know, some men, they just have this energy and you're just like, it's just so there. And he can get any woman in the room, really. And, and, and it's this piece. It's like gurus that you see who are like 70 and they're pulling chicks who are in their 20s. And it's because they know death. Okay, so divine feminine and conscious feminine. Conscious feminine. So if this is conscious masculine, what, what could be the conscious feminine? So intuitive, expressive, creative. Sensual. I mean, intuitive could be on both, but it comes from this space. Surrender. Receptive. And a lot of this is in the manual, so don't, you don't have to take notes if you don't want. Imagination. Playful. So what might be more divine feminine? So anything that kind of has an action to it is here. And this is more the space. So when we go to the divine feminine and divine masculine, it's more in, those, in the upper chakras, right? When we're talking more conscious masculine and conscious feminine, it's more the lower chakras. Compassion. And she gets visions, the divine feminine. She receives visions and downloads. She's a channel. She's a channel for the goddess. She's a priestess. And she's very connected to her womb and life, birth, birthing. So does that make it a bit clearer, yeah, the difference? You know, you could have a masculine that's really grown up here 
and he's very smart and he's very motivated and he gets shit done. But this one isn't so grown up, which means that the feminine won't come out much. Because if ever you have more of this than this, you're going to be very polarized in your masculine because this is strong energy. And this is the energy that's most revered in our culture and most respected. So most people are going for this unconsciously or consciously and unless, unless they've done work on themselves. Um, and because of all the pressure of that, people have either collapsed and can't do that and are in their victim about it and, like, don't know what to do or, yeah, or they're on, or they're on overload. So what, what do you start, start to just feel into for yourself? What, what are the energies that you're needing more of? And where, where is there more space to work on, like what quadrant could you be working on more in terms of your masculine and feminine and in terms of the way that you relate to your partner? Are you needing more masculine energy in the way that you relate to your partner or more feminine energy? And if you're needing more masculine energy, you're needing more conscious masculine, or divine masculine, or both. If you're needing to be more in your feminine, divine, conscious, or both. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex, and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops, and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com. See you next time.